You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. It's time now for It's My Money, and It's My Money is brought to you by Brentus Wealth. And Brentus Wealth has been voted SA's top boutique wealth manager in both 2017 and 2020, and is consistently in the top three or four in that category. This week, I'm speaking to Aaron Ruppenberg, and it's an interesting article, Aaron, that you you sent me. Welcome, by the way. You say, stocks will go where profits go. That's all there is to it. So what are you saying, just from the headline, and we'll delve down below the headline in a moment, but what are you saying? You're saying, forget about the war, forget about interest rates and, and inflation, just analyze the stocks and their performance. And that is the, the basis of a portfolio. Or am I being too simplistic? Simplistic is much better than Zihati yourself and your listeners. Thank you. And of course, basically, the whole point I wrote the article is because one of my top three investors that I followed since before I even started working here and since I became interested in investing was Peter Lynch. Peter Lynch um, ran the Fidelity market. It was a market-beating Fidelity Milligan fund for 13 years. Um, wrote books called One Up on Wall Street and Beating the Streets, both of which I've read. Um, and he made an important observation in a speech that he gave the National Press Club um, in the USA in October 1994. And that was basically where he said that the entire premise of where stock markets will go in the long term is based on the earnings potential of companies. Um, so that was where the premise of this article, as well as the entire simplicity you've just made, um, is exactly how investment should be thought about. That's very interesting. So w- would you be one of these people that you'd be a sort of investor that, um, or l- let's say you had your own firm, Ruttenberg um, Securities, okay, <laughs> or Ruttenberg <laughs> Wealth Management, you would Im- employ somebody and say, listen, you can't have a television. You can't have. Uh, I'm going to. I'm going to take your phone away. You can have the internet and everything, but you have to sit down and you just have to analyze companies and the the trends of the the goods and services that this company purveys, for example, and 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 you just do it like that. Just cut out all the noise because that's what it comes down to. Because stock markets are about stocks, and if stocks are going up, then stock markets go up. Or if stocks are making profit, then stock markets go up. Again, I'm being simplistic. Well, exactly. A lot of investors don't even know one of the companies in the S&P 500. In fact, not the S&P 500, the entire U.S. stock market, the most in 31 years, the most or the best performing um, company, should I say, was actually a hardware store. I've forgotten the name of it. Um, They have done the best, better than Apple, better than any tech tech stock you can think of. In the last 31 years, a hardware store chain, um, I think if you put, $1,000 into that hardware store chain 31 years ago, you'd have $350,000 today. And um, if you put 1000 into the NASDAQ, $1,000 into the NASDAQ, you'd have $141,000 today. Um, I'm just saying it's that's a very pretty much boring company, as boring as you can get, a hardware store. A hardware store. But I think if you gave me no tele, if I gave my, my employees no telephones, no computers, nothing, I, I'm sure they'd be able to find something like that. Yes. <laughs> But I mean, it, 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 so what you're saying is that something like Penny Pinchers or Builders Warehouse, should they be listed separately, uh, would be uh, the, the ones the, the ones ones to go for. And then you've got to unearth these little gems because people always have to go out and buy things. And and I just want to move on. Let's get away from hardware now because I'm not a handyman at all, Aaron. You're probably one of these people that can put up shelves and um, build cabinets.
cabinets and things like that. I'm not one of those people. But I want to go somewhere else. And, and uh, there's a thing from Bloomberg that uh, there's sort of lunchtime or lunchtime our time update. And it says, Apple Inc. is the latest major technology company to rein in hiring and spending plans, adding to the evidence that even Silicon Valley stalwarts are worried about a recession in the coming months. The iPhone maker is looking to limit expenditures and job growth at some of its divisions. Bloomberg reported Monday, although Apple hasn't adopted a company-wide policy, the more cautious stance mimics the approach of its tech peers. So even companies that are flush with cash. I mean, they've got more cash than you can shake a stick at. Uh, but they're starting to say, wait a second, we're seeing things in the future that maybe we don't know about people like you and I, uh, Aaron. So this is, again, uh, plays to your point of stocks go where, where the money goes. 100%. You know, just yesterday when that came out, when mm. Apple decided to announce that, funnily enough, um, you know, the markets were up, all S&P 500, NASDAQ, Dow Jones, and then all of a sudden yeah. they lost all their gains and finished on the negative side of yesterday. Um, but I mean, it, it speaks to very much when I look at the long term. I mean, how many times has that type of thing happened in the past? I know that these companies are cash flush. I get that. But when we're looking out into the future, and I know we say these things all the time, the long term, the long term, the long term. But at the end of the day, the type of clients we're investing for are mainly long term investors or should be. And, you know, when I look at you know, one of the, the, the lines that Peter said, Peter Lynch, again, said in his speech, he said, I've picked out, well, I've picked out three important things, but one of the things was some event will come out of left field, the market will go down, yeah. or the market will go up, but volatility will occur. So there's risks that some people will talk about, while others will not even discuss those risks at all. Russia invasion of Ukraine is a great example. Investors, For investors, a conflict between Russia and Ukraine had not been a concern. Although there'd been tensions between the three, the, these countries for years, so many markets were, you know, markets were, were never prepared for the eventual invasion. Um, and that's why stocks went down into a deep correction when that, when that happened. Whereas the types of events like, um, you know, interest rates and the Fed, you know, these are always trying to be priced in and the market's always looking. And that's why when they actually decided on what they were going to raise the interest rates to um, the first time, the markets had already priced it in. And, you know, the actual news eventually had limited effect on the market volatility because it was already priced in. Nobody could get into that in time. So that's that's the thing. But over the long term, obviously, again, I'm saying that again and again and again, doesn't matter if Apple's you know, deciding to cut back. Uh, are we going to be saying that in the next 10 years? Hopefully not. We'll be no. saying, well, wow, look how far markets have come because they're making profit. And a lot of it. So that's your first point. Some event, I'll just reiterate what you've just said uh, from Mr. Lynch. Some event will come out of left field and the market will go down or the market will go up. Volatility will occur. The second thing you say is, uh, well, he says that you've highlighted is I'm pretty convinced that the next 3,800 points will be up. It won't be down. The next 500 points, the next 600 points, I don't know which way they'll go. In other words, get rid of the short term noise, Aaron. Well, exactly. Funnily enough, and the most interesting thing is that when, when I did the analysis of everything and um, if you did the exercise when he said the market will, you know, if you, the market will go up on an, an average of 8% growth or earnings will do 8% growth rate. And, um, you know, each nine years or eight or nine years, the markets will double. So, you know, I did this exercise and, um, you know, if you compound the Dow Jones industrial average, which closed at about 400 odd points on the day. Um, mm. If you compounded that by 8% growth rate to the present day, you'd get 31,520. Um, that was what you'd get at, but the Dow Jones closed at 
34,583 at the time of writing. Um, and in fact, last night it closed at 31,072, um, which is even closer to the 31,520 that, he, that, that, that we would do that analysis on 8%. Uh, again, if you use the S&P 500 index, which closed at 455 points on the day that Lynch gave the speech, you'd get today 3,778 points. Again, assuming an 8% compound annual growth rate. Yes. Um, and at the time of writing this article, um, the S&P 500 closed significantly higher at 4,500. But last night it closed at 3,000. 830 still higher than Lynch's um, well, compounding it by growth by 8% to today. So he makes a great point that, you know, over long time periods, you don't know where the, the 600 will come, if the 600 will be down or the 600 will be up those points. But over the long term, the, three, the next 3,800 points, etc., going up will be to the upside. Yes, indeed. Your point number three, uh, you say, uh, or rather he says again, profits go up 8% a year and stocks will follow. That's all there is to it. Um, I think things have changed slightly. You've got to be very selective. You've got to choose stocks that do go up 8% a year, stocks that do have solid balance sheets and um, pay dividends and have great management and good track records. Because if you go like say, a stock like um, uh, Uber, for example, it doesn't make any money. Some, some companies are, are doing so well because there's so much liquidity and they don't make any money. So I think those are the ones you've got to be very careful about when something like Russia, Ukraine comes along, don't you think? 100%. So your stocks like your Estee Lauders will always do well because everybody needs makeup. Women like to wear makeup, etc. I like uh, makeup. I used to company. be on television, don't forget. <laughs> exactly. And you still need to be on television. And, you know, no matter what happens, people need to be <laughs> even if there's a war. <laughs> and Johnson & Johnson is another great example of a great dividend paying stock. It's been around for a long time. You know, they're not a growth company like Netflix um, who hasn't really made, a, you know, who haven't broken even yet. So historically, the stock market has usually gone up because earnings have usually gone up. And this is because earnings is the most important driver of stock prices over the long over the long term. And for people that do read this article in my clients, yeah. you know, I, I share a graph and it dates all the way back to 1871, showing the relationship between earnings and stock prices. I go into a deep analysis of it, but essentially all I'm trying to say is that when is it, when the linear regression or when the line is close to one, that means everything is positively correlated. Um, and when we look at since that date of 1871, um, we get to 0.9686, which is as closest to one as you're going to get, um, which shows the high correlation between earnings and price. And investors' only true defense in growing their investments is decades, not five or seven years. And over this time, stocks will go where profits go. And it's as simple as that. So I say a lot to, a lot to clients who are listening who are worried right now about markets going down. You know, if, you're, if you've just invested a year ago or not even a year ago, this is part of the process. It is part of the process. Um, I asked a commentator on uh, in, in a podcast yesterday, I said, OK, we've got a few really, really important results out this week. And IBM was one of them and Netflix was another and Johnson and Johnson. I said, if you had to choose between, for example, Netflix, which has been a darling of the um, stock market um, investment world up until around about um, uh, six months ago, I think it was, because it's probably halved in value. I don't know, you'd know better than me, Aaron. Or would you take Johnson & Johnson? He didn't even hesitate. In fact, he interrupted me. He said, Johnson & Johnson, immediately. So you've got to have that defensive quality, because even though 
no matter how defensive you are, the stock will go down in a period of um, bear market activity, which is what we've got at the moment. The fact is that longer term, you've got to have these bedrocks in your portfolio, I think. Agreed. And cash is king. Um, those companies have cash like Johnson & Johnson. Even if you compare Netflix to multi-choice, and not everybody in the world knows multi-choice. They all know Netflix, especially young people. But um, if you actually dive deeper into the financials, you'll see quite a strong positive cash flow coming from multi-choice, yes. um, which is not the same as Netflix, and uh, which has done quite a lot significantly, which has significantly done better um, since over the long term than Netflix has. Netflix is, by the way, down about 72%. Uh, oh, is it really? As much as that? Oh, gosh. It might, have, it might have changed a bit, but it's around there. I'm very proud to say I've never I've never subscribed to Netflix, and that's what I don't think. There's two things I'm proud of. Uh, I've never subscribed to Netflix, and number two, I've never been into a Starbucks um, shop. But that's just a personal thing, which has got nothing to do with what you're talking about now. Um, okay, sum it up then, if you would, g given the headline and given the three points that you've made so eloquently. I've made my points perfectly in this article, I think, and you know I will share this to a lot of my clients who listen. But at the same time. If you've invested within the last year, it's been a very difficult time. Um, I hope this article, this interview has given a lot of inspiration to people just to sit down and not be tourists. You know, when the weather goes cold, it doesn't mean it's time to leave. It's time to stay invested. Um, if you're a long-term investor and you've been invested for one year, that's nothing. Um, because remember, these type of things are going to happen and they're going to happen again and again and again. Yes. And one needs to make sure that their time horizon is stuck to, otherwise rather be in cash. Um, and that's the only thing I'd like to leave everybody with. Very good points you've made. Thank you very much. Very illuminating. Aaron, thank you very much. Aaron Ruttenberg is from Brentos Wealth in Santon. And that was It's My Money. It's My Money was brought to you by Brentos Wealth, an award-winning boutique wealth management company. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.